Congratulations! You found it! The most inappropriate book club you never knew you were missing! Starring the original book divas Martha Steele and Vonnie Golden. And also featuring Keith Steigert, Uber Reader and Romance Junkie. These people are passionate about books. Maybe a little too passionate. Plotting world domination one book at a time, they are three book girls! So Echo has to have butt surgery. What? Yeah, she has a polyp and she has a rectum polyp that they have to remove next week. Oh, Dylan has to have his hemorrhoids fixed, so. Both of our boys have, or your boy and my girl have to have butt surgery. Yep. They'll be the the sore anus twins. (laughs) Can they do them at the same time and get you a deal? Well, one one is a person and one is a dog, so probably not. Oh, oh. <laughs> we're gonna have different doctors doing that. <laughs> Might be cheaper. Oh, you were saying your dog do it, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, I have a feeling the dog surgery is gonna be way cheaper. Yeah, I'm sure. How did you figure that out? Just because she's always got a bleeding anus. Well, you know, she always has a little bit of seepage going on back there, and well, I mean, she has like you know something sticking out of her a hole. What were you doing looking at that up close? Come on now. She walks around with her tail up. How can you not notice what her a-hole looks like? Well, most people don't like make extended eye contact with dog. Let me ask you something. When you were a mom and your baby took a poo or a pee, if there was something abnormal, did you not notice it? Uh, I suppose if you... It's the same thing. I suppose. You have to consider that that a a dog is kind of like a toddler. You have to notice when different things extrude extrude from their body. Is that the right word? Extrude? Extrude. I I suppose. I don't know. Uh, Martha, you used to have have cats. Cats are like, here, look at this. I'm going (laughs) to... Yeah. Right in your face. Just walk up with her butt in your face. So I know that Martha doesn't like talking dogs, but I had a very full dog week this week. Oh, that sounded just awful what happened with Tyler's dog. And I know. I just, I don't even understand. I mean, Copper's always been kind of a loose cannon and has anxiety problems. But um, Tyler told me that he actually growled at him too. I'm that telling day. you that hmm. Copper is... Like snarled, like showed his teeth and everything and to Tyler and all Tyler did was reach down to pet him. Well, he he came at me and growled at me right after they moved into the to the apartment and I'm not a dog person anyway. So every time I've been over there since, I just asked them to put him up cuz he makes me nervous, made me nervous. <laughs> but you know, sometimes when you're not a dog person, a dog can tell. Right. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I kind of try to gauge my responses appropriately and if they're not comfortable with me then I just avoid them right but tell the story about what happened well so I know that I've talked before about Tyler having three dogs and um, Copper who's the rescue who he's had for two years um, attacked their chihuahua and luckily enough Tyler and his girlfriend were right there because in just the like maybe 10 seconds, 15 seconds that it took them to break it up. He had um, ripped open her chest and she had to have stitches. I think she had to have stitches in the all the way around and um, wow. drainage tubes. Mm. Well, she's the thing you have to know about her is, you know, I don't like chihuahuas, but this is the most chill dog that you would ever meet in your life. She doesn't She's never barked at me, which is surprising in itself, but she's really old and mm-hmm. just as sweet as could be. She she was not an aggressive chihuahua. No, at all. Not at all. In fact, so she was So what exactly happened to what were they doing? Well, they were they were feeding him. And they they have separate bowls, but and I mean, they always do that. They walk around, put one bowl, all the dogs kind of look at the bowl and, you know, then they put the other bowl down. But I mean, and Copper's never been, you know, food aggressive or anything ever. Never has that ever happened. The only time that he's gotten aggressive before, which doesn't make sense, is every time Ryder comes back from the groomer, if they don't give Ryder a bath right away or take Ryder somewhere so Ryder can go swim in the lake or something for a couple of minutes 
Ryder or Copper will attack Ryder and keep attacking Ryder until they give Ryder a bath. Doesn't like that grooming smell. Yeah, something about the smell of the groomers. And Copper's never been to the groomers. And he just know of. He's a rescue, so Well, yeah, that's true. But he had just started that within the last year, too. Well, something is seriously wrong in his head for him to do that because i mean he's been around that other dog since he came to live with tyler yeah with the chihuahua yeah Yeah. they've all they've all they've all been together together. it's not like and it's not like there was ever a history of anything so then what happened tyler and kaylee discussed it and they kind of asked me a little bit and i said i could try to take copper but copper and echo my dog have already had problems and they get Mm -hmm. into it quite often they've gotten into it three times in the last two months. So they decided just to take Copper to the shelter because they couldn't. And of course, he they told him what happened, obviously, because they had to. They don't want somebody adopting him who has other dogs and have this happen again. Right. Um, and uh, Tyler received a email from the friends of the shelters basically calling him a shit person and hoping that the... Fleas of a thousand camels burrow into his crevices. Orifices. Yeah. That, I mean, it was a very mean... Le- I mean, I guess if somebody comes and abandons a dog at the shelter... See, but, what I mean, he had that dog for two years and it attacked his other dog. It's not like... It's not like he just, you know, got tired of the dog or whatever. Because the girl it, goes... He told them, right? Yeah. yeah, they told yeah. him what happened. That's why they had to and um, then, they had to and, put him in as an aggressive dog. And then she's like, yeah. it's not the dog's fault. You have a dog for life when you take a dog from the shelter. And basically, you're a horrible person for returning the dog. And when they talk about dumping a dog, that to me is like Facebook today. I saw that somebody dumped a dog on the side of the road, complete with muzzle and everything. Right. And somebody rescued him off the side yeah. of the road. That's dumping a dog. When yeah, something like that happens. Taking a dog to a shelter is not dumping it. No. Now, taking him to the shelter because you're sick of him, you got a new dog or whatever. Yeah. that's Those are very, it, it's just very n- thin reasons. But you don't know the whole situation. And it was so unprofessional for them to do that. I just can't well, believe. If they, if they keep doing that, what? And my shelter used to do that and like people will just dump they'll just leave the dogs on the doorstep and not do it while people are there and that's a, yeah. its own problem I mean, and the other thing is she basically told them that they could never take another dog out of a shelter again because she was going to blackball them all over town yeah that's yeah i mean ridiculous. how crap is how crap is that I, yeah I mean, it's like, I mean, and Tyler is such a dog lover, such an animal lover, not even just dogs, all animals that, I mean, it was just, it was uncalled for. Yeah. Well, I'm willing to bet all he would have to do is at some other shelter, explain the situation and they would be like, oh, you know, because honestly, that's not, that's not typical shelter behavior. I mean, that's ridiculous. It's disheartening because these are people that, you know, I want to like and I want to like volunteer or if I was rich, I would want to give them money because, I mean, shelter dogs are important and it's important to adopt, not buy and everything else and rescue a dog. But then they do something like that and you just want to say, fuck you, dude, you're never getting any of my time or money. But I don't want to be like that. Right. Honestly, I might go above. I might go above them. I mean, who sent the letter? Like the director? Well, and of, you know what I found I out? Don't know. And I just noticed this. The girl who signed that letter is on my friends list. Really? <laughs> Ooh. Well, yeah, because you did a Sunday morning magazine with them. No, I no? I don't know why. She's just a, a like a listener, I guess. Huh? Because I don't know her. Well, I hope she saw my post and seen, seen all of the responses because before Tyler made me take the letter down. Anyway, so that was the bad part of the week. The good part of the week is, drumroll please. We have we our have, shirts in? We have our shirts in. We have exactly one week from today before we do our live podcast in Boulder. I know. Woohoo. 
Yes. I think we're going to have to encourage everybody to wear a mask, though, because it's a very close run thing. Whether whether they call, please don't let it cancel. At this point, we already have airline tickets. It's it's going to be awful if they cancel at this point. Yeah. I'm I'm not going to. I'm trying really hard. Put a not. podcast in the street. Because <laughs> we're do still. They have a, do, they, do they have like an outdoor space? In the cafe or anything? Uh, would it's be very, little... very small. Ah. It's like this tiny little era, area behind the... I mean, shit, we could always go out in Pearl Street. They've got it blocked off out there for um, outdoor dining space. I mean, if it came, if push came to shove, we could try that. Anyway, it's pretty damn exciting. Join us Podcast at... Podcast from Jim and Greg's backyard. Yep. Jim <laughs> yep, that's what it is. Yep. Jim and... We'll, we'll he- be heading to Jim and Greg's house to do the live podcast. <laughs> <laughs> they have a big backyard because we're expecting lots of people. <laughs> no, they do not have a big backyard, sadly. The opening of the Bear Trap Festival here, Martha. Oh, the Bear Trap. The Bear Trap First Festival. Bear Trap. It is so damn smoky out. Oh, I, I bet everybody's miserable up there. You can hardly see the mountain from in town. Oh, no. The Bear Trap Festival and- is like this big bluegrass festival that takes place on top of Casper Mountain every year. And okay. It's, and it's, it's called a- Bear Trap? Why? The, the met- it's Bear Trap Meadow up there. It's oh, named okay. The, the, <laughs> Sorry. The county we- Park. I was yeah. waiting for you to explain why bear traps are involved yeah. in the Bluegrass <laughs> Festival. I thought maybe I'm picturing a new instrument. I don't know. <laughs> See, I was picturing like this big singles event and the women were the bear traps. <laughs> That's great. It's like, come on out to bear trap and find your perfect someone. <laughs> <laughs> to clamp down on your life. <laughs> Jaws. They will snap yeah, you was, in their jaws. <laughs> I, was, I was excited for it up until about two weeks ago because it's it's begun, it's not just there for, or just bluegrass anymore. They, are, they do roots music and they had Charlie Daniels a couple of years ago for a headliner and Los Lobos and hmm, do, that's uh, awesome. Bruce Hornsby was the headliner for this year. Oh, I love but Bruce Hornsby. I know. He developed appendicitis two weeks ago, had emergency oh. surgery, and canceled everything for a month. God, Couldn't he wait it. like a couple of weeks? I got to see that? him live. That was probably one of the best concerts I have ever seen. The dude I'm... is hugely tall, and he was he plays the piano incredibly well, and his songs, all of them obviously have yeah. piano in them. But I I remember watching him play and his legs are so long that they go out the back side of the piano and they're moving all the time. His legs are moving all the time, you know, because his music is upbeat and whatnot. And it's just hilarious to watch. But he's so talented. He was he was here at the event center here. I saw him there. What I remember is that he would he would play sitting down for about the first eight bars of the song and then he'd kick the piano stool out from under him. And just like do one of those things where you're quad, you're you're leaning back, and it's nothing. He must have quads of steel because he would hold himself <laughs> at that limbo kind of angle, half under the piano. He's amazing. It's been a, a little while since. Is he I... good looking? Maybe we need to invite him to Bear Trap Festival. Well, he was supposed to go, but you know, <laughs> yeah, I'm joking, but he, I'm yeah, joking. they ended up getting Craig Morgan instead, some country guy. I was going to say, who the hell is that? Yeah, and they've got some blues guy tomorrow, and I hate blues, so, yeah. Hmm. Kenny well, Wayne Shepherd. I don't, oh, I, don't I know who he is. Yeah, he's tomorrow's headliner, but oh. I don't care because... Because you're not going... Put that, whoever put that meme up that explained music that defined blues as guitar complaining guitar, it was like, yes, that's why I hate blues. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's... The country is guitar, whining, steel guitar... Beer, Jesus, and trucks, hunting. and dogs. Yeah. 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 All, that, of, all of which I have zero interest that blues in. blues or country? <laughs> country. Country, yes. Yep. Not interested. Blue. <laughs> I love that blues. Guitar and complaining. Yeah. I, I can't wait to tell uh, Ron about that. Blues is his favorite. He has this, uh, this dude that he listens to. It just drives me nuts because he's just got the one album. So he listens to it. He's he's had the same album for like, I don't know, maybe five or six years. Papa Chubby. And he <laughs> listens to this same album. So of course I, you know, being the bird brain that I am, I my brain sucks the music in and remembers it. 
And so I get mm-hmm. sick of it very quickly. And every time somebody comes over, here's Papa Chubby. <laughs> and you wonder why people think you're swingers. Come on over and listen to Papa Chubby. Hold on. Hello? Come on over and I'll break out Papa Chubby. I'll break out the <laughs> Chubby and we'll... <laughs> Sounds like a dirty time. We'll hang out with our wangs out. <laughs> I, I do hope his yep, fans are called it. Chubby Chasers. That's <laughs> nice. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Sorry about that. You guys were saying some funny shit while I was talking. I hope I didn't screw it up. It's almost like we did it on purpose. You guys are shit. Anyway, the whole ch- Papa Chubby thing. Yeah, and he's got a bunch of people coming over the- today. Come on over and Papa Chubby with us. Oh, <laughs> Jesus Christ. We'll did turn I- our gnome backwards, upside down. Did I- <laughs> in the ground. And you know what's even funnier is that I have these these dishes that I bought. Are they pineapples? They are. <laughs> <laughs> we'll break out this the was, upside down pineapples this and have some fun. This was the same buns. summer that we found out what the pineapple was. <laughs> and I had just bought those dishes or like three nesting pineapple dishes <laughs> for summer. And I'm like, oh, shit. Uh-huh. Sure, they're nesting. <laughs> if you could only see her eyebrows right now. <laughs> nesting or just on their knees, which is it? <laughs> oh. Do pineapples have knees? That's a whole other conversation. Dirty bitch. <laughs> well, it's not. You're it doesn't really matter if they have knees or not because that would be one spiny. Oh. <laughs> Cutting up your tongue and stuff. Ow. Yeah. Talk about use your teeth. Damn. <laughs> a whole other definition of pokey. Uh, Megan would love this conversation. I'm so sad she's missing it. When I was searching for a book to read this week, I found one that I need to tell her about. It's called A Star is Bored. I read that. It, Did you? Martha reviewed yeah, that reviewed on the that. podcast. Oh, maybe that's why it sounded familiar. <laughs> that was a great book, by the way. I think she would like it. A it's Star is Bored? No. You don't think so? No, she would not like it. Oh. The, uh, it's about a superstar. Yeah, I know it's about a superstar, but she also calls him Cockring. Yeah. Oh, it's too dirty. Oh, God, yes. Filthy. Yeah, I was like, what's wrong with Cockrings? And I was like, oh, wait, we're talking about Megan. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you say blowjob around her and her entire face catches on fire. She can't take that nasty. Isn't it funny that she hangs around with us? She started We're listening. trying to bring her over to the dark side. Yeah, she started listening <laughs> to the podcast because she met us at the a book, festival. book festival. Yeah, You guys were on your best behavior then. <laughs> we were. We were in public, so we weren't saying blowjob and whatnot. <laughs> but she did listen to a bunch of, of episodes. episodes and stuff before we ended But up. then she still started. She kept talking to us. Yeah, so she must like it. Deep so, I mean, down. Deep down, she's got a a dirty streak she's a dirty girl she's down she's a dirty girl at heart (laughs) this is what happens when you don't show up to work we're gonna talk about ya (laughs) now girls when you meet megan be sure to ask her what her favorite blowjob technique is (laughs) or just ask her if she's a dirty girl at heart i think maybe we should put that on the back of her shirt dirty girl at heart Dirty girls, dirty still girl in, the closet. in training. <laughs> dirty, dirty girl, girl in training. training. That's I good. love that. That's a good one. <laughs> yeah, She's got a few years yet. We'll yeah, get her there. Yeah. It just takes a little bit of time. We got to get her hooked up with the right guy first, you know, and then then she'll be wanting to know those techniques. And she's like, can we revisit some conversations we've had? Then she'll be re listening to the podcast going, I know they talked about that somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> Episode. 200. I'll have some books to recommend. What was that that she said? <laughs> Lollipop or ice cream cone? I can't remember. <laughs> is, is the humming a good thing or a bad thing? <laughs> Depends on how ticklish they are. <laughs> you know, we have fun on this podcast, but truly it's not about the filth or the dirty jokes. It's really about the books, but the obnoxious stuff is just the fun <laughs> snark personality that we can't turn off. It's like we are pretty snarky. But you know what? Sometimes that comes in handy because of my snarkiness. I have instilled the potential for my son to be and to have a morning radio show. That's right. Mm-hmm. You trained that boy upright. Yeah, he's, he's got the uh, the built in snark. 
the snark and the improv. I like just... to think he got a little bit of it from me. Well, of course, you are his other mother. I know. <laughs> so between the two of us, how could we miss? I was reading an article the other day on the science site that I like to go to, and they figured out a way to make mice sweat fat. Can they make human sweat fat? I think they're working on it. So pretty soon you'll be able to actually sweat out your extra fat. That would be awesome. That would because be nice. you know, do you know that Doctor Who episode where like the aliens the, like the adipose one? Yes. yes, I would totally be okay with aliens made out of your own fat, like aliens like taking over my mm-hmm. body and little fat babies popping out <laughs> everywhere. So long as I didn't They're disappear, yeah. you know. Yeah. If you if you sweat out fat, does it come out like? Yeah. I don't know. Then you is yeah. it all like greasy and disgusting? Yes. And- yes. Yes. Dude, I sweat a lot. I mean, <laughs> because they were talking about how the mice Ew. had such a, you know, a g- gleaming coat. A sheen. A sheen. Oh, dear God. <laughs> I know. Can you imagine that, that pretty soon your your face would be sweating out those dripping down. You just wouldn't down need to use moisturizer. Chicken People at the gym are like, what the hell is that trail? <laughs> We'd be like, Ew. Oh man, I'm out of oily. I'm out of olive oil, and I wanted to cook some eggs. I'm like, it's all right, I got it. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Suddenly, I don't feel so well. We'd all walk around smelling like bacon. <laughs> bacon or schmaltz? Do you know what schmaltz is? That's what yes. I'm thinking of right now. I'm thinking of schmaltz. Schmaltz is chicken fat that they use like. Oh. They put it on the table at, at certain like bacon kinds of better. restaurants. <laughs> well, rather smell like bacon. I don't want to be the chicken fat lady. <laughs> I want to be the bacon. I want to be the pork fat baby. Do you see how California's not going to have bacon soon? What? What? Not going to have anything at the rate it's burning up. Yeah, pretty soon uh, California's all going to be moving to Oklahoma because it'll be a charred <laughs> wreck. It'll be like the opposite of the... Dust Bowl. Instead of the Okies moving to California, California will be moving to Oklahoma. I'm telling you, the people who keep the Callies, people who keep, who keep uh, denying that global warming is a thing, are are they making bacon illegal in California? Yeah, I want to hear making, more about this bacon. So, as of 2022, I think uh, they have like this this law that you can't import meat into california unless it hit like for example chickens like they have to be free range and like so hogs and pigs they also have to like have i guess be free range i guess you can't make pigs free range because they they're very destructive and that's the thing is that like i think i was reading that four percent of the country have farmers that farm pigs in that way because it's just not really and they capable anything yeah by anything Mm -hmm. i mean but because of that i mean they can even they'll even be able to get veal because cows now a lot of farmers you know have all sorts of room for the cows so veal will even be able to go into california but it's it's the bacon and the pork and stuff like they won't be able to get it in because not enough farmers farm in that way hmm. to make it um, acceptable to the new. I'm just let me just say right now that I'm not going to be moving to California. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it is healthier to eat that way and everything, but it's also more expensive. So what about the people that can't afford to buy the meat that that's. Because you can only, when you have free range stuff, you can only raise and slaughter a limited amount of animals. Well, pretty soon and all it's of our gonna meat's going to be, all our meat's going to be fake anyway, so it won't matter. All of the poor people are going to have to turn into. opportunity though. You know, you get a cooler of bacon in the back of your car, hide it under a yeah. few pines and, you know, you park on the street corner and black start market bacon. bacon. Let's be black market Seriously, bacon Pat. girls. Holy I shit, I had the Pat. same thought. <laughs> that is the best. It'll be almost like a murder van filled with, with yeah, because it'd have to parts. be no windows and stuff. It'd have to be like a refrigerated van. You walk up to somebody and go, hey, you want some bacon? I 
summer sausage. Hey, want some sizzle? Mr. Keith and I were talking. We were like, this is the perfect time to get into pig farming. If you can do it the way California wants to do it. Because can you you imagine? You get a demand. Yeah, right on the border where they can't they can't tell you how to raise your pigs. But then you're right on the border, so it'd be really easy for to people to come that over. Shit right over. Yeah. Is that a hot link in your pocket, yeah. or are you just have? I'll give you the new perfume trend in California. Bacon <laughs> <laughs> scent. <laughs> Forget the vanilla. Give me bacon. Put a We're little totally bacon grossing out the vegetarians right now, you guys. We're really going to be sweating out fat, yeah. right? <laughs> I think we better switch gears and go to books instead. What is it? Does your book smell like bacon? Well, there's no, there's no <laughs> bacon, but there are cops. <laughs> oh my god! Oh, it's so offensive. No bacon, but there's pigs. But there's pigs. <laughs> wow, funny. <laughs> well, it was a transition. What do you want? I hope nobody breaks into your house. <laughs> <laughs> right. They'd be like, I listen to your podcast. So this week I decided to kind of go a different direction because this is a movie that I loved, Shutter Island, and it's a, the novel is by Dennis Lehane. And this is actually a movie that me and Martha went and, and watched together. Yeah. I've totally Man, it's been years ago. About that. Years ago because uh, Leo DiCaprio was in it. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that was a good movie. I thought it was great, but I wanted to see if the book was as good as what the movie was because I loved it. Martha hated it. So of course I have to read the book and it was really good. So let me tell you what this is about. This is about, it's set in 1954 and there are two people with the marshal's office that's going out to this place called Shutter Island, that there is a mental hospital for the criminally insane that's on this island. It's basically all that's on this island. And there's a prisoner that is missing. So they're going out to help look for the prisoner, make sure that, you know, nothing, that the prisoner hasn't, like, committed any crimes or whatever, just, you know, like the police presence for this uh, search for this prisoner. And they get out there, and also at the same time, there's a hurricane that's moving in to the island. So the book is basically about them looking for this prisoner and then the hurricane hits and they lose power, including like the electrical grid for the fences and everything else that's holding these prisoners in their, you know, where they're supposed to be, including like the doors and everything else that's electric, has electric locks. And kind of early on in this book, you kind of notice that things are a little strange like the doctor's reactions and everything are just not quite what you ex- would expect them. So you you get a sense very early on that something just isn't quite right and you don't know what. And then they kind of um, make it seem like there's experiments that are done with the prisoners and whether that's a conspiracy or if it's the truth. And it, it's it's basically like a bunch of conspiracy theories that are going on all at one time with this island and the doctors and the prisoners. And it's really hard to say very much about the book without giving too much away. But like I said, very early on, you kind of realize something isn't quite right. Reactions are different. Sometimes they're too much. Sometimes they're not enough. Like they don't seem very concerned that this prisoner is missing. This prisoner who denies that they did anything wrong and killed their children. But what I liked about it is that it was very twisty. And from early on, you're trying to figure out what's going on. And I didn't really figure it out, like, to the full extent. I did because I watched the movie, so of course I knew how it ended. But if I went in without watching the movie, I don't think I would have completely guessed. Instead, you're just, you're you're reading it, and you're, you're kind of reading about all these little different conspiracies that um, the one gentleman from the sheriff's department named Teddy that he thinks is going on and that he's kind of trying to investigate on his own. But it it keeps you guessing. And I liked that. It was brilliantly done. And it's not like super scary. It's creepy. But it's Mm -hmm. not like... uh, it, It didn't really 
seem to me like it was much of a thriller, but it it's a very intense story and it's very twisty and it has a lot of dark parts. So, I mean, you are on an island with a hospital for the criminally insane people that have done horrid, horrid things. So it's not right. for children. Definitely. I would say that the book was as good as the movie. Definitely. Even if it wasn't Leonardo DiCaprio who played in it, <laughs> this movie still would have stuck with me because it was just because I I didn't get I kind of guessed that something was going on very early on in the movie. And I kind of knew a little of how it was going to end. But the exact ending, I was surprised. And it was just mm-hmm. it was a great movie. And it was an even greater book. Um, the only thing that I didn't care for is it had a very detective-y private eye kind of feel to it especially at the very beginning that's the one thing about it that i did like you know i I don't really (laughs) like books like that because i like private eyes but then once they started getting into the conspiracy theory and like one of the doctors was like i think i hear papa chubby hold on (laughs) <laughs> Hold on a second. Martha's got to go pop a chubby. <laughs> like one of the doctors were like, um, it, it kind of hinted around that he might have been like a Nazi doctor in Germany mm. during the war. So he was continuing his experiments that he was doing like during the war, which is horrid, but still fascinating. I don't know. This, right. this book just I really liked it. More than what I thought I would, to tell you the truth. Boy, did I get the stink eye. Did you tell him to turn it down? Yes. (laughs) They both turned around and... Poor Ron had to put his chubby away. (laughs) 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 The wife came in and spoiled it all. That's generally how it works. Yeah. But then again was called Shutter Island by Dennis Lehane. It was great. I loved it. All right, so who's got who's got what kind? Pat, what kind of book is yours? Well, mine mine would follow very nicely from that because it's kind of a thriller and it has a mental illness tie-in. So what about you, Keith? Yeah, mine is a depressing romance. How we want to do this? Because I don't know if I want the thriller to follow up the thriller with the mental illness. Maybe mm-hmm. we'll we'll sandwich. We have to elongate. You don't want a crazy to follow crazy. Crazy and crazy <laughs> go together. So she says. <laughs> okay, Keith, why don't you peanut go, butter and jelly? Why don't you go next with your your sandwich meat? <laughs> My chubby. <laughs> with the white cream. Martha, are you implying that romance is baloney? Oh, oh <laughs> for the win! Nice, Pat. I'd, I'd rather think of it as the creamy center. Sometimes my books have that creamy center all over the place, but (laughs) this one is not so much about the creamy center. So the book I read this week is called The Mixtape, and it is by Brittany C. Cherry. And this book is about a rock star duo, and they're very, very popular. And they have just celebrated putting out their third album. And they're so popular now that they kind of started as this as this small group the two of them they're twin brothers uh their name and their group name is Alex and Oliver and they started out and they made their kind of music and as they've gotten more popular now they're almost like a they're a stadium filling kind of famous hmm. so they're they're kind of talking about how the third album wasn't exactly the kind of music that they wanted to put out but it's the popular stuff and it's what the the label wants them to put out. And uh, Alex is the very charismatic, very popular twin. Uh, He is the people person. He is the guy that everyone interviews. Oliver is the shy guy, the socially awkward guy, but he is the soul of the duo because he is the genius behind the music and the lyrics and everything. And so because Oliver's kind of bummed, he they're at this huge party because they've just released that third album. And Oliver's just kind of bummed. He's kind of thinking about how they've kind of lost their way. He's not thrilled with how the music is going. And he wants to leave the party early. 
So he goes and gets in his car. Uh, they have a driver, of course, and his brother comes with him and they get into a car accident and Alex, the charismatic twin, dies. Ooh. Yeah. So how do you have how do you have a big time rock duo when there's only one guy left and the guy that's left fans are super, super pissed and really just terrible about it. There are all sorts of, he, he's looking at the press and looking at message boards and all these people are saying the same thing, basically that the wrong twin died because if Alex had lived, it would have been so much better because everybody loves Alex and he's, he's just such a people pleaser and he's so amazing in front of the camera and Oliver's just this awkward kind of guy. Oh, how awful. So poor Oliver, he feels just awful because his, it was his twin, his best friend. They worked together. They did everything together and he has died and everybody in the press has said terrible things but he's got this obligation with his label. So he tries to go out and do solo stuff. So he goes and has a comeback concert and he's supposed to go on for the first time completely by himself and do their music. They sell like thousands and thousands of tickets and he doesn't show. Oh, oh, right. So then we meet Emery who works in this bar Uh, She is a single mom to a five-year-old. She just barely makes ends meet. She works two jobs and has just lost one of her jobs. Uh, So she's at the bar and she's the bartender there. And this awful, awful guy is in the corner and he's being complete dick to her. And she keeps bringing him drinks and he's really drunk off his ass at this point. And all these people from the concert down the street come in and they're super, super pissed because Oliver never showed up to the concert and nobody's getting their money back or anything. And she looks over to the corner and realizes that the asshole that's been bothering her and asking for drinks and is drunk is this superstar rock star that she used to love in her youth. So the paparazzi figure out that he's here because he starts talking smack to the fans who are just talking garbage. He gets in a fight with one of them and the paparazzi are all outside. So she kind of gets him out of there uh, through a back door. She gets everybody out. She closes down the bar early and she takes him to her place to sleep it off. So next day she's lost her job because it ain't cool to close the bar down early and get rid of paying customers. Now she has this five-year-old and she has no job. She's already behind on her rent and she's got this idiot who's passed out in her house. So he takes pity on her when he realizes what he's done and he hires her to be his personal chef because that that's what she's always wanted to do is be a chef and go to culinary school. And the whole book is just about him trying to live with his grief it's a very, it's so sad. I just listen to, just watching him. He covers all the mirrors in his house because his reflection is exactly the same as his brother's. And it bothers him to be able to see his own face. So he has no mirrors in his house. They're all covered or broken. And he doesn't, he won't go see his parents because he feels like he's killed their other son. And watching him go through his grief and just try to trying to numb himself and not succeeding the whole book is not his fault that his brother's dead though he wasn't driving the car you know how that is when when someone when something happens you look for a reason oh yeah exactly he wanted to leave the party early his brother was having a great time because his brother's the life of the party but he left with him because i mean they're best friends and they're close. And he lived where his brother died. I mean, Brittany C. Cherry is one of those authors that um, she really likes to tell a slow burn romance while ripping your heart out at the same time. 
she writes really well about different forms of grief and the way people go through them. And she really doesn't sugarcoat. She's not, this is not like a romance, like a rom-com kind of thing. It's a gritty kind of romance. Um, But it's amazing just watching him try to come out of this with everything that he's gone through. And she's been through a lot in her life too, with her, you know, being a single mom, her parents are super religious. So she has nothing to do with them because as soon as they found out about this kid, they're like, okay, yes. See ya. Her father's, uh, I believe he's a minister. So there's just, there are a lot of layers to this particular book and a couple of twists that you don't see coming, but it's pretty amazing. I liked it a lot. And uh, that was The Mixtape by Brittany C. Cherry. Okay, back to mental illness with Pat. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds like our own special show. You know, this whole podcast is going to be semi-depressing today. There's murder and there's, yeah. Okay. Yay! Entertaining. Well, at least there's a little murder mixed in there. We'll take that. There was murder in mine. It was just a sad kind of murder where... Yeah. People are killing their own kids. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully, Yay. this is a happy murder. Yeah. <laughs> we want a happy the, murder, yeah. Pat. This uh, this book is called A murder Familiar the- Sight. Uh, it's by Brianna Labuskis. I'm not quite sure how you pronounce her last name. Labuskis, something like that. At any rate, the main character is uh, Dr. Gretchen White, who is a psychologist who consults with police departments. She is also, as she tells you right up front, a diagnosed sociopath. Uh, and she makes quite a point of saying she is a nonviolent sociopath. She just doesn't much like uh, people who have emotions. So just it makes them awkward to deal with. And when she was a child, she was accused of murdering her aunt. She was acquitted. They never did figure out who murdered the aunt. But there's, there's this past and a, there's a police officer who... She's convinced that he always thought she did it. And so he's kind of kept an eye on her over the ensuing three decades after that. Hmm. Well, when the book opens, she has uh, she is in the apartment where she has found her the closest thing she has to a friend. She said, "We're, we're not really friends like most people understand it, but at least she understands me. She kind of gets where I'm coming from. This woman is a high powered lawyer. And she has taken on the case of defending a 13-year-old girl who was accused of killing her mother. And although she, because she's 13, they, they can't technically say that she's a psychopath, but she shows all the signs of developing into a true psychopath. And probably if she hasn't killed someone already, it's just a waiting game as to when she's going to get around to this. Uh, she has two little brothers who she regularly tortures. In fact, they... The parents have put a lock on the bedroom door of the little brothers to keep Viola away from them. Damn. Um, so you get into this, the, this police sergeant who has, I don't know if he's a sergeant, he's an officer, who, who has kept an eye on this Gretchen White for all these years, is the officer who's called on this case. And uh, she knows, they're not sure whether, whether it was an accident or an intentional overdose that killed the lawyer. But she left a message for Gretchen before she died on her phone that just says, I screwed up. You have to fix this. But she doesn't specify what she screwed up. Wait, 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 wait. (laughs) Was the lawyer murdered? You don't know. You, You don't. They think it's either a suicide or an accidental overdose. Oh, but then she's she's pretty loopy on various substances she's ingested and, and she calls and leaves this. I screwed it up. You have to fix it message from the get go. There is a an alternative explanation that's lurking out there that it's like, well, the, everybody thinks Viola, the 13 year old did the murder, but you are led to your you can see very clearly that an alternative explanation would be that the murdered woman's husband killed her and knowing that his daughter is a psychopath and probably going to spend her life in an institution anyway, he's throwing her under the bus and framing her for the murder. Thanks, Dad. There are lots, lots more twists to come. It's, it's It's a book with good twists. The dad, the lawyer, 
uh, and, and, and a couple other characters that come up were all kids, poor kids in the, in the South Boston area growing up. And their past, which some of them acknowledge and some of them don't, all gets tied into this. There's lots and lots of threads, but she does a really good job of pulling them all together and making it. I hate a book that throws you a twist that's not where I feel like the author didn't play fair with you. Mm-hmm. Meaning, meaning, nowhere. yeah, meaning they don't give you at least a few clues that that person uh-huh. might be involved. Yeah. But she she does a good job. I felt like she played fair the whole way through. She just did a good job of of revealing the right twist at the right place and time. And so I thoroughly enjoyed the book. Uh, it's the first supposed to be the first in a series. And the next one is due to come out sometime next spring. And I would. I would definitely be down to read the next one after this first one. Didn't you mention that this was an Amazon first reads? It is. The ones you can get free on if you're if you have Prime or whatever. Yeah. 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 I thoroughly enjoyed it. Pretty good, pretty twisty. Uh, it's it's called A Familiar Sight by Brianna Labuskis. Cool. I think I'm going to review something I didn't really like all that much. Well, you know when you read a book that you're totally invested in and you're totally entertained by but it drives you crazy that (laughs) that they don't reveal what what's going on in the book I felt like that about um future home of the living god by Louise Erdrich I was so angry at that book because they never told you what happened to the world you knew something had happened well they told you but not in a way that made any sense Mm-hmm. And that made me really angry about that book. Well, this book is a similar type. This was a book that we talked about in the tribe. And I got the, Donna was right in the middle of reading it last week. And she was telling us about it. And it just sounded so intriguing that I want to read it as well. It's called Lights Out in Lincolnwood by Jeff Rodkey. That's Jeff with a G. First of all, let me say that if you live in a city, um, or in an upscale neighborhood, you might really enjoy this book. It was really well written. My problem with it had more to do with the fact that it was described as a funny novel in the vein of Tom Parada and Emma Straub. I didn't feel that way at all about it. I didn't think that it was even not even a little bit funny. It was extremely dysfunctional. The main character was a raging alcoholic Maybe part of the reason that I didn't like it is I, I never like books where one of the main characters is an alcoholic. Like, I don't know why. Like Girl on a Train. Yes. We all know you didn't yeah. like that one. I'm seeing this trend about myself. I, I mean, I don't do it on purpose. It's just how I feel about it when I'm reading about a main character like that. Anyway, she's this suburban mom who things just don't go well for her and she basically just sort of drowns her sorrows and becomes extremely dependent. The book's real focus is this event that has happened. And the power goes out, the cars won't work, the cell phones don't work, and basically everything electronic is dead. The reason that I wanted to review this book has more to do with how it made me feel about that than about what the characters were doing and also about the reaction that people had and how quickly it happened. Because think about it. If that happens, you can't figure out what happened. Yeah. You know, there's no way to discover the source. Basically, this guy, one of the other main characters, her husband, is on the train on his way home when everything happens and planes crash, all this stuff happens. But really the focus of the book has more to do with this family. And once he finally gets home, the daughter who's a senior in high school is hyper-focused on her SATs and her, her tennis game, you know, and all this stuff. It's so, the shallowness of everybody is so apparent the neighbors, you know, the kind of reaction that they have about this is so shallow. His boss shows up there. 
he's ridden his bike all the way from Manhattan. And his his boss is like this writer for a television show. And he's like one of those real bombastic rich dudes who sort of barrels in there and takes everything over type guy shows up and says, oh, thanks for inviting me. Basically walks in the door and drinks their water, which of course they don't have any running water because their water takes an electric pump because it's aquifer. So the entire subdivision doesn't have water. And the guy's just a total douchebag. And it just digresses so quickly. The guy who's the emergency manager of the area is like this total dickhead, thick neck jerkwad who basically says, okay, I'm declaring a a state of emergency and uh, you can't keep any of your water. We have to pull it and give it out. And, you know, all this stuff just happens so fast. You know, people are out patrolling the streets with guns and and it was terrifying, you guys. When I was in the middle of reading it, I went to Walmart because I had to buy some chives and some red wine vinegar for the stupid salad I had to make today. And I was so breathless from reading this freaking book that I just found myself wanting to buy a bunch of water. You know, it just really had a profound effect on me. It sounds like that TV show that was out a couple years ago was called something like Revolution. It was the same premise. All the power was gone suddenly, like overnight. Hmm. And America devolved into armed camps of little militias. Yeah. And it was sort of like that. If it was supposed to be funny, it failed miserably because I didn't find (laughs) it funny at all. I found it just, it reminded me too much of some of my neighbors some people that I've met over the years, and it just seemed way too plausible. <laughs> was it written before the pandemic? Because I feel like after the pandemic, that it's not as funny anymore. You know what yeah, I mean? I think it might have been. And I think you're absolutely right, Keith. Nothing like that is the same anymore. I mean, you, you really start to take everything more seriously when you've been through something like we have in the last year. And that may well be the reason why I disliked this book. Having said that, I also dislike things if, if I don't feel like there's a good enough explanation. But I understand why the author did what they did. Does that make any sense at all? Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, if you want to read something, it, that very well could happen. And... It makes me want to prepare for something like this. I mean, it's hard to, to say, oh, geez, you got to prepare for if the electricity ever completely goes. And that would mean everything. I mean, your cell phone wouldn't work. Mm-hmm. Nope. Your landline wouldn't work. Mm-hmm. Well, if you, your landline would work if you had just a regular phone and not like a no, cordless. No, because his, the, the landline didn't work. The neighbor's landline wouldn't work either. It would have to be like one of those old phones that they're we had ha- like, when we were young. That's what I'm talking about. When our electricity went out, the phone always worked. Yeah, I I don't know what the I don't have is. any of those phones. Maybe, maybe it's because if all the power is gone. The whole phone system is going to go down. Yeah, yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. phones are basically electric now because the component, the place where where they control it, would all be gone. Yeah. So, You're just talking yeah. about like citywide. No, I'm talking about every the whole area. So like the entire, the entire, well, see, and that's the, that's a problem is that because of the nature of the disaster, you don't know. Right. And, and they talk about going to another town, you know, biking to another town and, you know, all of these other things, but you don't know how wide reaching it is because you have no way to communicate with anyone. It was so terrifying. To me, it was much more like a horror novel. So does battery operated stuff still work or do they lose that kind of power? Nothing, nothing works. Mm -hmm. Well, eventually you'd run out of batteries. Yeah. The batteries don't work. Nothing works. Why would would the batteries not work? I don't know. Because it's like an EM. An EMP is electronic. Magnetic pulse. Yeah. Yeah. And it basically wipes out 
it just makes it so that they don't work anymore. Like, and even if they had for those of us who don't understand that science, I don't know why that doesn't work. It's almost like, right. I feel like I, I would need an advanced degree to figure that shit out. You know, if I read that book, I'd be putting it down and Googling some shit. And I'm like, what well, would I make should've. this not work? And you couldn't. <laughs> oh, I mean. No, if I was reading thing. it, not if it was actually happening <laughs> and for that's real. that's the other thing is that people don't know how to do stuff because, you know, they're yeah. so used to Googling mm-hmm. things. And I don't know. It's just so fucking terrifying, you guys. I was, it made you me said, so paranoid. You said it was supposed to be. Uh, like I thought a you, comedy and I like said. lost my mind because Donna was telling us about this book like a week or so ago and when she said that I like lost it and I have all my books on e-reader I had not one single physical book of mine this week <laughs> I now have like 50 I, literally this week, that's all I did was go to thrift sales and yard sales and use bookstores and buy books because I was like, if I lost my e-reader, I would lose my mind. See, <laughs> and that's what this book did. That's the reason I wanted to review it. Not because I liked the book, nothing against the book. I think it's right. one of those books that because it elicited such a reaction in me, oh yeah, it needed to be talked about. And obviously the guy did a great job in, you know, in that part of it, but not for the reasons I think he thought it was going to be well received. I don't know. I I was so completely paranoid by the time the damn thing got over. And then when it ended, I was angry. So I don't know if that's his fault or not. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? You can always blame him. (laughs) I'm blaming him. God damn it. So um, anyway, what what that's called is Lights Out in Lincolnwood by Jeff Rodkey. Jeff with a a G. Sorry, Jeff. It's not that I hated your book, but I hated your book. But it was really... um, We just don't think that's funny. You just don't like the subject matter. We're no, scared. I don't. It would, the other thing is, I think that it would be a really great book for a book club to read. Because mm. it would, it's kind of like the power, even exactly. though I hated it yeah. and you loved yes. it. Yes. It, it just, it starts up such conversation. It does. It elicits such it, a response. For me, a it just. A reaction. Yeah, for yeah. me, it just happened to be a negative response. And I just couldn't help myself. It was just, I'm, ugh. In fact, I'm still freaked out about it. And it's been a whole day since I finished it. A whole day, 24 hours. (laughs) I just heard about it and I was freaked out all week about it. Yeah. I mean, we talked about it on the tribe last week. And then, of course, because Donna was talking about it, I want to read it. I know that Shona L had marked it as to read. I don't know if she'll read it or not. Interesting. Yep. And that's that. I thought you were going to say, and that's going to do it for. Wow, what an ending. And that's it. And And the world is going to end. And it's all going to be awful. all going to die. The world is just going to mic drop it right on us. I I mean, look around. How how much of this stuff that we have around us would just be useless? Pretty much Dude, the first thing I would do. The first thing I do. Anytime anything happens is I go to Google and to find out, like, is everybody else experiencing a power outage? Exactly. Like, <laughs> or you text so your, screwed. or you text your neighbor and say, is your power out? Mm-hmm. I mean, people will come out of their houses blinking. I'm like, I don't know. So what we've learned from this podcast is that the people who have physical books and lots of bacon will rule the world someday. <laughs> yeah. Whoa. And uh, okay. we'll be out there with our real books and our campfire frying up some bacon. Griner, that's brilliant. <laughs> You've got enough room in, on your on your uh, land there that you should get yourself some hogs. The neighbors would love that. <laughs> the whole- Our homeowners association had to debate chickens for like two hours before somebody was allowed <laughs> to keep chickens. Bear trapper, I heard. <laughs> well, you know how they get bears? They put out. Oh, dear God. Deer yes. pee or something? They, they, no, they put out these. They hang like a big rancid pile of meat from a tree or something. That's how they attra- bear bait. So you're saying that I need to get a stripper pole and take pictures of that and put it on my profile. 
you know, hang up some rancid meat. Jeez. <laughs> oh, Just kidding. It's not rancid. <laughs> mm-hmm. So you say, I guess it depends on if you worked out and didn't take a shower. <laughs> <Right>? Yeah. <laughs> I got some funky mold <laughs> growing in my crevices. <laughs> God, that is just too gross for words. That's going to do it for three book girls. The mold keeps the fleas away. <laughs> Can't get enough of three book girls? Check them out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Follow them on TikTok, YouTube, and check out their website at threebookgirls.com. And join the group Three Book Girls Tribe on Facebook. If you really love them, share the podcast with a friend or join them at one of their live events. Three Book Girls, a Steel Trap production.